<laughs> Introduce yourself if you haven't met them yet. It's okay. They are your second choice neighbor. Anyways, let's just be real. Well, well, welcome to Vision Sunday. Come on. Yes. We, we, we're excited. I'm excited. You're here. And so wonderful to see uh, some of our friends and some new friends. And it's so wonderful that you're here. You, you made it here. It's already a good Sunday. You are here. And so I'm very happy. I'm excited about what God did last year. But I'm even more excited about what God is going to do in this 2023. Amen. I'm looking ahead. What we went through last year, what God has done for us last year is just a stepping stone. It's just the stage on which God is going to elevate us. God is going to promote us. God is going to use us. Can I tell you a new way God has taught me to pray? God, I want to make more money. Oh no, we're Christians. We shouldn't pray like that. That's so prideful. No, if I'm a good steward of what He's given me, then I can expect God to promote me. Hallelujah. If I've been stealing pencils from my workplace, then I'm probably not going to get promoted. I'm a liability. I want to be an asset everywhere I go. Hallelujah. I want God to promote me wherever He wants me to be promoted. I don't want to be promoted in the wrong field. Some of us have really high jobs, but then we hate our jobs and we're like, uh, I hate my boss. We're called to serve in our workplaces, our bosses, the way we would serve Jesus. So, this is a new way I'm praying. I'm like, God, I want to be a better steward. I want to be faithful. I want more money so I can do more of your work. So I can give away more. I tell you, like this is private, but I tell you, our baseline, we're like 10% tithing. It's a no, it's no negotiation about that. But we want to up that. We're going to up that this year. And there, there's no obligation. Like, I wasn't even going to talk about money. We just did it hard for the house. And they passed and be white. I want God to promote you. I want God to lift you up. I want you to flourish in every way. As your soul prospers, I want you to prosper in every way. I want you, the ideas God has given you, I want you to put that into action. That business idea, that step of faith, that new venture, that new relationship. <laughs> Shoot your shot. I don't know if you like, she likes you, I like you, I don't. Pray fast, ask the Lord, get a hint from God and go for it. We're confident. What the Lord has done, we're confident He's going to lead us all the way through. The Lord who brought us this far, He's not going to give up on us. Yeah. Every time you get discouraged, I want you to remember, the Lord brought you this far. Yeah. There's a reason why you're here, and He's going to lead you the, the rest of the way. So I'm, I'm believing that your best days are ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Your best days individually, as your family, in your career, in your ministry, your best days are ahead of you. Can you say amen like you believe it? Amen. And someday we're going to look back and we're going to be like, remember back in the day we used to be at Limelight? Party hall. Sometimes it smells like Lysol. Sometimes it smells like samosa. Sometimes it smells like, you know, B.O. You know, it's like sometimes. Remember, I'm old G. I was there in the starting. Someday we're going to say that. Because God is taking us forward. So I want to encourage you and inspire you. I don't know how long I'm going to be because I'm very passionate about what I'm going to share. It's based on Genesis chapter 15. So church, as your local pastor of this house, I want to encourage you. Get your own Bible or your Bible app. It's free. Get your own notebook and get a pen. If you need pen and paper, we can give you. Or if you'd like to type, you can do that. But when we write something, we retain it four times more. 
So Genesis 15, we see the story of Abraham. I'm going to go deeper, deeper into that uh, in, in a few minutes. But Abraham became Abraham, and we know him as the father of faith. But the problem is Abraham is like in his 80s, and he has no kid. God promised generations would come from him. Descendants will come from him. But Abraham is like, I just want one kid. It's like, church is saying I'm blessed, but I, I just need to pay one bill. Like, they're going to cut my phone line. <laughs> so to illustrate how big and perfect God's promises are, God takes Abraham out to stargaze, to look at the stars, to make him count the stars. And he says, count it. And Abraham is like, one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock, five. <laughs> I, I want to he can't he couldn't he couldn't count how many stars were up there so God is proving a point Abraham this is how massive I'm going to make your descendants how, that's how many you're going to have you can't even quantify it that's how much God wants to bless you and I that we cannot contain it that, that's what he promises us that we would overflow not run on empty every time so God uses stars as a picture of descendants, of family, impact, miracles that are going to come in and through Abraham's life. So on this vision Sunday 2023, God is also asking you and I to come out of the tent. Whatever tent we've put over ourselves, whatever lid we put over ourselves, God is calling us to come out of our own expectations, our own ideas of what we think might be possible. God wants us to experience big faith. He wants us to live in a way that we are always walking. I can do all things through Christ. Mm -hmm. I can do anything because God is with me. And so He will work in me and through me. God's promises are tied to people. The only eternal thing are people. So there are people, you know, that were praying that you would be here. You know that. You didn't just come here by accident. There were people praying for you to be here in this room. Because God does miracles to help people to lead them to a relationship with Jesus. But in this selfish, self-serving culture, we have a relationship. We, we have a responsibility to think beyond ourselves and live in such a way that we live generationally. My son, you can put the instrumental on if you want. We are called to live to build a legacy for the future. So real vision isn't about what's happening now. Real vision is what's going to happen next it's it's we can't just dream for ourselves myself my house my car my dog not we cannot just think short term we got to start dreaming yeah. in terms of generations god is calling you to be causing impact generationally yeah. what am i what am i doing now that's going to impact my kids what am i doing now that's going to impact my grandchildren We got to get beyond ourselves and dream big. We got to live in such a way today that is going to matter long after we're gone. And we do that by, by investing our time, our talent, our treasure, our resources in the only thing that will last forever, and that's people. And that's why we're so big and we're so prioritizing church because people are important. It's an eternal investment. Legacy is about lasting impact. So I want to give you a clear picture 
of the things God is asking us to be passionate about in this season and, and, and set us up for legacy. As a church, I'm going to break it down in four parts. There are four lanes that we run in. Four legacy lanes. It's our world, our nation, our city, and our church. So these are the four things that we want to impact as a church. That we've already been impacting and we're going to continue. For our legacy lane world, where, as Pastor M said, we're engaged globally through Palm Project and Dust Project, rescuing orphans, helping them to have a safe place where they can grow, where they can... Now many of the kids that grew up in the orphanage, now they're either working in the orphanage, helping to raise the other kids, or they've also been given training that now they can get jobs and continue serving uh, in and outside the church. And so it's a beautiful thing. And I've been part of seeing what's going on there for, since they started in the early 90s. And Dust Projects builds plumbing. How many of you know plumbing is important? Yes. <laughs> to build wells, to dig wells, to build bathrooms, to build little homes instead of them living in little huts. We are part of that. We partner with them to, to make, it, make this happen. I don't know how to build anything. I do, but then it's worse than you know getting a contractor. You want to t save ten bucks, but then you cause a hundred dollar damage. And so we we, have, we partner with those that are doing a great job, and then we we help them in places where we can't go right now. We are able to send our support. They also uh, you know Palm Project. They take care of widows and elderlies, and they build churches and training centers, on and on. So that's what we do. That's what we've been part of since we launched our church and we're going to continue doing that. Amen? So that's our legacy lane world. That's how we reach the world. Country. We're reaching our country and these, these, these things we shared with you for Heart for the House. But I want to tell you that these things we're doing, we're going to continue to do. So for country, we are partnered with ARC Canada, which is Association of Related Churches and we plan churches. Us as a church, in the last three years, we personally, as a church, helped plant five churches nationwide. Wow. Hallelujah. Yeah. Five churches because of your sacrificial giving. And we want to continue that. We want to see more churches. And my dream is to see, you know, how we love when we see Tim Hortons at every corner. I want to see churches at every corner. drive through churches. Hey, you're in a rush? Come here. Mac prayer for you. Mac deliverance for you. Mac, restore your marriage before divorce. No, just sign up for the course. City, our legacy lane, city and locally, we've been helping shelters. Pastor Amari talked about that. And we donated to other churches as well. Other churches in need, we've given them things of value and, and money. We've given them and we've helped several families who are struggling financially. We've done outreaches. Let's do more. Hallelujah. And church. Our legacy lane as a church. This is what I want to focus on for a minute. Can I dream out loud with you? Is that okay? I want to just take two minutes. I know the moon. I know the, you know, the stars. But when I look up at the stars, there's so many billions of them. And... You know, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know their names. Uh, 
I think dreaming and having faith and believing in God for great things is kind of like that. You look at the sky, you're like, wow, this is amazing. I don't know what to do about it. Like sometimes God gives you a dream and a vision and a purpose and a, and a burden. And you're like, wow, this is so amazing. I don't know what to do about it. And so we get overwhelmed. We've got dreams for things that God wants to do, but I can't define how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I still think it's important to talk about the dream. It's important. It's exciting to stargaze, isn't it? Man, like when you were a kid, I'm going to grow up and become a car designer. I'm going to grow up. Nobody says I'm going to grow up and, I don't know, something that you don't like to do. Like, I think garbage truck drivers have a good job. Like, they can work out. They probably don't go to the gym. I'm, when I was a kid, I'm like, I'd like to be a garbage truck driver. And they're driving. Anyway, you're probably like, Pastor D, need some sleep. <laughs> hey, you are in church. I don't care how you got here, but I'm proud of you. Like, maybe you're in a rush to the point that you put on your, you know, your wife's pants and came to church, but you made it. Don't judge me. So to dream together, here are three things. She's like, it's a little baggy for you today. I'm like, pick my own clothes. You like it? She's like, yeah, those are my pants. <laughs> Don't judge me. Stay focused. So to dream together, I don't care. I have no shame. I suffer for Jesus. Here are three things I'm dreaming about. Maybe you can pray into them too. Maybe something I'm going to share right now might trigger your heart and you might get passionate about it. You have the same hands? <laughs> Studies show that it takes 10% of a population to be on fire for God, filled with the Holy Spirit in order to impact that region. 10% of Markham is 350,000 people in Markham. So this was the survey that in 2017. There's probably like 5 billion now because all your cousins and relatives came to the country. <laughs> but let's just go with the 2017 survey. 350,000 people live in Markham. You know, many years ago, God gave us a vision for a 3,000 building seater. I'm wondering if that's connected. I'm wondering if that's the vision God has for us in the next decade. But what if we could be part of what God is doing in Markham slash Toronto and be part of that 10% of population who are on fire for God and filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can impact the region and transform the region. What if we dreamt about that? Why is that a big dream? Because 3,500 people, so that's one, one, approximately 1% of 350,000. You don't have to be good in math. I failed it almost. We cannot fit that number of people here. 3,500 people are not going to fit here. But dream with me. So that means that 10 years from now, you are not just sitting in this room listening to me preach, because that would be very depressing, but you are actually going to be leaders in a church of 3,500 people. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. That you're not just going to be warming the seat and you're just not going to listen to... But you're actually going to be part of advancing the kingdom of God. Yeah. Just dream with me about that. It can happen if we say yes to God. And let, it, let Him use us and do something incredible in and through us for the city. I'm dreaming about 
owning land. Why not? So we can build a building. We can build a Christian school. We can build a building so our worship team doesn't have to set up and tear down every week. Come on. We can have a training center where we can raise up leaders. We can have ample space for our kids to run around and have fun and be even more excited. I know they love it now, but even more. We can be a, a community hub, a community center. We can have a gym so we don't have to go book every time. But the community can come here and they can use the facility and be blessed. Where people can come here to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Hallelujah. What if we pray more seriously? What if we don't just fast and pray for the 21 days that we just did? What if we made that a lifestyle? And just be hungry for God. Lord, I just want more. And in these days, that's my prayer. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I want more of you. That's it. What if we continue to be faithful stewards and expected miraculous, anonymous million dollars of donations? Why not? Why not? Why don't we pray? Lord, bring mad investors to invest into our church so we can buy the land and build the building. Why not? It has happened. Like this week, I talked to one of my pastor friends. His dentist is buying the building for him to have church. I'm like, bro, hook me up. <laughs> Another friend of mine, these are all my ARC pastor friends. Another church merged with them, gave them the building and a million dollars in the bank. Why not? So when we have worship and prayer nights, why don't you join with us? I know you pray personally, but there's power when we join together. There's power in unity. There's power when we get together. I'm dreaming about our church members impacting education and politics and entertainment. The business world. They, 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 we need more Christians. And all of that can be done if we continue to press in and become better disciples. The world doesn't need fake Christians. They need authentic disciples. Hey, I messed up. And as a dad, I'm learning that when I mess up, I got to take ownership and apologize to my kids. Not be prideful. We got to take ownership and be authentic Christ followers. So I urge you, commit to Sundays. Because community makes life so much more fun, isn't it? Some, of, some people are turning in online. They're tuning in online. But we stopped being online since September. But uh, when I asked them, they're like, oh, I watched you online. Great word, Pastor. Love that joke. I'm like, wow. Come to confession later. But I plead with you. The, the way you can come closer to Jesus is through community. So if you love our church, just, or if you're just checking it out and you're here for the first time, just, just keep coming. Keep investing your time. And then we're going to have Alpha starting soon in a, in, a, in a month or so. And that's going to be an amazing thing. Whatever is going on at church, just show up. Even if you're not part of the team, or if you're not doing anything, just show up. There, something will happen in your heart. Something will stir up. I'm dreaming about our church being not just a Sunday church, but also a weekday where we get together and do stuff. Dinner parties. I'm dreaming about dinner parties. Yeah. We get together and we eat 
and we just have fun. We just hang out. There's no secret Bible study in there. I'm going to put There's no secret worship and prayer. It's just dinner and a party. Friendship is so important. When I'm broken and I'm crying, I need a friend in church. You need somebody in the church, in the Lord, who can listen to you and hear you out, pray for you. The, the worst thing we can do is just come to church and just leave and not build any friendship. So I'm dreaming about dinner parties. And I hope somebody in our church will be like, dinner parties! And, and take that and run with it. And we will support you. That's what, that's what the church is all about. I didn't get to my preaching yet. I don't know if I will. You better cancel your dinner reservation. I can't be right now. We exist to have Sunday service, to have dream team, and connect group. Dinner party can be a connect group. So maybe you're not passionate about intercession and prayer and uh, worship and tech. Maybe dinner parties. <laughs> you just help us and we will support and let's make it happen. Just dream with me. God knows exactly what we need and He will make it happen. He will provide as we join hands together. Can you clap with one hand? No, you can slap with one hand. Can you clap with one hand? You need both hands. As we join together in unity with one purpose, with this bigger vision of advancing the kingdom of God, God will do it. Hallelujah. His vision for your life is bigger than your own vision. Hallelujah. More than you can imagine. I'm going to go to the message now. Vision always starts with us. Vision always starts with us. God speaks to our hearts. He moves in our hearts. And then He moves through our hands. In Genesis 12, we see God speaking to Abe, Abraham. And makes a promise that He's going to be a great nation. And then again, God speaks in Genesis 13 to Abraham. That his offsprings will be like the dust of the earth. And then today we're in Genesis 15. From verse 1 onwards, there God speaks to Abraham again. Can somebody read it for me? Go ahead. Can you see that? So when God calls Abraham the first time, he's around 75 years old. And God says, hey, hey man, you're going to have some kids. Abraham's so excited that he grabs all his supplies and gets his wife Sarah out on a journey. And they're starting to go on this journey. God has a promise. He's, he's, he's promised us something. We better get moving. And so they are so excited at first. You know, like when God speaks to you and answers something, you're like, yeah, God is good all the time. Come on, my old OGs, come on. He put a song of praise in the sky. You know, the, the bridge in that song, nobody can sing that. Though I may not understand. Anyway, all my OGs knows. Okay, so God said to go. We're, we're packing up our stuff and we're walking and we're moving around. We're so excited, you know. God has a plan for me and Sarai and God you promised us a nation and can't wait so good 
So they're walking around. So it's been a few years now. God is good. Yes and amen. You know that song, Yes and amen? God says yes. Now I know that I'm blessed. Yes. With a heart that's at breath. Yes. And my future is sure. Yes. If he says heal that I'm healed. I'm butchering the song. I'm not afraid of circumstances. In God, he's given me all of the answers. God's promises are yes and amen. Oh God, it's been a few years now, eh? God is good. All the time. It's hanging in there. It's been a few years. You have purpose for us, right God? We're really trying to trust you. It's getting difficult. Uh, it's been nine years now. It's been 11 years since God spoke the promise. God, do you, uh, did you forget us? God, did we misunderstand the promise that you gave? Because uh, we're not seeing what you told us happen. Can you maybe clarify what you said? Like maybe I misunderstood. How exactly is this going to happen? That like you said you were going to have nations and, and we're going to have a family. Did you? I think you start doubting yourself. Did, did I really hear God properly? Did I really hear God properly? Or was it that Kothurati from that Friday night? Have you ever felt like that? You heard a promise from the Lord, but then you start doubting yourself. You're like, is it, did God really say that? Or am I going crazy? Was that me? Or maybe it was for somebody else. Maybe I missed it. So you know what? I'm going to start settling. Oh, we got high-tech props today. Yeah, God is taking a sweet time. I better get comfortable. I got this. Sarai, God wants us to... It's taking a while, so I'm going to get a bit comfortable. God did ask me to journey around. Can I get a volunteer Sarai here, please? Pull in. Just pull the yeah, that's You know what? We got to go in the tent. There we go. Thank you. Thank you so much. Are we good? Okay. So God, you spoke. But I'm having a hard time being patient. And I don't really want to keep exploring and keep moving forward. I'm going to down, downgrade God's promise. You know what? I think I missed it. I think I missed what God was saying. Maybe I misunderstood. God, is this ever going to happen? Maybe this is not God's plan for me. So Abe, he downgrades the promise of God to fit his reality. So before he had vast faith and vast imagination, but now he's put a tent over it. He's put a lid over it. He's put a, a limitation over it. Point number one, write this down. Don't downgrade God's promise to fit your reality. See, it's been 10 years. 10 years of road trips without any kids screaming in the back. It's been 10 years of dinner reservations with no kids menu. God, where's my promise? It's been 10 years of birthdays without a baby shower. Don't downgrade God's promise to fit your reality. Because we do the same thing. 
We're excited in the beginning and God gives a promise, but then we we think it's going to be good. But God, I believe that you were going to work out your plan in my life. Then we wake up one day and all of a sudden we have shifted our faith and we're fitting it to our reality. Now our reality has formed that theology instead of with God all things are possible. We got anything is possible for somebody else. Like I prayed and I don't feel like God answered me. But he answered that question. So God, I, I think those promises in the Bible are for somebody else. I prayed for a child and you promised me I don't even have one kid. But that other family has 20 kids and they're not even good parents. Maybe I'll just live here with my limitations. So Abraham finds himself in the limitations of his reality. God offers promises but the reality speaks back to us. Reality shouts back to us. When God says, Abraham, I've got millions of descendants for you. Reality says, you don't even have one kid. When God says, Abraham, your descendants are going to be like the dust of the earth. Reality says, buddy, you're 85. And it's not possible. When God says, Abraham, I want you to move. Abraham is just settling. It ain't going to happen. Reality just screams at us. Can I make it real now? You, maybe you, you're hoping for a child or maybe you're hoping for a relationship but that relationship just fell apart or another negative pregnancy test or another lost business opportunity another layoff another lonely night another prayer that you feel like God didn't answer and you're wondering why am I here what's my purpose and, and waking up in the morning with crippling anxiety it's hard enough to roll out of bed and all of a sudden, we too have built a theology around our experience. We've downgraded what's possible. We go through the emotions because we want to be good Christians. We want to be trusting God and believing. But if we are really honest, we're struggling to leave room for supernatural ability because we just haven't seen that happen in a while or at all. So there, his, his, his worldview is completely changed now. His worldview is shaped by negative experiences, unmet expectations, and he downgraded the promise of God. It's normal because you and I do it in the secret. God gives us a promise and we're like, not for me. Because we start with faith. Faith is what we can't see and it's so difficult. Faith, we can't define it, we can't explain it. Then fear sets in. Then we start justifying why it's not going to happen. Why we believe God's not going to do it. We start doubting. And we start saying things like, Oh yeah, God did say He was going to heal me or bless me. Uh, but you know what? Maybe, maybe it's not fully. Like we try to save God's reputation. And we're thinking, Yeah, God did say that. But then, you know what? Maybe He doesn't want me to be fully delivered or fully happy in this life because we start with faith but then we end with fear so we start justifying why things aren't happening the way we believed in our heart 
we downgraded God's promise to soothe ourselves, to soothe our disappointment, our heartache. We downgraded and limited God's infinite possibilities. Even though the Bible says that He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, or imagine, we think it's for somebody else. We complain, God, you haven't even given me one son. So we start compromising. And we start comparing. And then we get bitter. When others are blessed, or their prayer gets answered, we get bitter. How come, Lord, you're doing it for them and we feel like we're stuck in our limited tent? But I want you to turn your attention to God's response in verse five, in 4 and 5. He's not upset. God could have said, Abraham, you know, what the heck is wrong with you? Do you not know who I am? Haven't I taken care of you all this time? Verse 4. Can you read verse 4? Zach, can you play the instrumental? Verse 4. Then God's message came. Don't worry. He won't be your heir. So now Abram is worried that his servant is going to take over the inheritance and a son from your body will be your heir. Then he looked, then he took him outside and said, look at the sky, count the stars. Can you do it? Count your descendants. You're going to have a big family. Point number two, get out of your tent and look up. Turn to your neighbor and say, look up. Sometimes we need to get out of our heads. We are too much thinking in our heads. Abraham's tent is a picture of his mindset, his limitation. I don't think God could have just invited Abraham out. Hey, God had to take him out. Abe, I want to show you something. Abraham would be like, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine, just leave me alone. I'm fine not believing for anything because it's easier than being hurt. Some of you don't want to expect anything to get better. Some of you are like putting a cap on your own joy because it's easier than getting disappointed. I'm good, Lord. Don't ask me for anything. I got everything that I need. I've come to terms with my life. It is what it is. God says no. And we see that God brings Abe out. He reaches in, gets a hold of him and brings him out. And he says, get out here, Abe, look up. And he tells him to, not to look down, but to look up. And, and Abe looks up to the vast universe, to the vast sky and to limitless stars. And he can't count. God says, count them. Abraham's like, one, two, three. Okay, I messed up. I count that. Like, one, two, three, four. I can't, Lord, I can't. I'm sure Abraham tried a few times, but he kept messing up. Abraham probably would have gotten angry and said, God, this is impossible. I can't count the stars. But I believe at that point, something clicked for Abraham. Wait, this is impossible. I cannot count the stars. This is impossible. Okay, God, I get it now. What you are doing in us and want to do in us is something impossible that only God can do. We are 85 and 76 and it's impossible to have natural children. We can't do it, but you can. Mm -hmm. What is impossible for man is possible for God. Yeah. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. 
And so this moment, Abraham has a revelation. He has a moment with God that revolutionizes his future. I love that God got him to look up. And maybe God is challenging you to do that today. Stop looking at where you've been and what you got on your shoes and what drama and baby mama drama and problems and disappointments. Just look up. Just look up. And then you can have the revelation. An eternal perspective. Because we serve an eternal God who wants to bless our generation and descendants. And we're not thinking just for the need in the moment. We have an eternal God. How did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Our Father. God is in heaven. He's eternal. That's a great way to start praying. God in heaven. God over eternity. God who does the impossible. Start with the eternal perspective. This is why when somebody goes through a pain or, or, or uh, a disappointment or a loss of a job or whatever it is, just go back to the God of the eternal. Get an eternal perspective. God brings Abraham out. There are things in your life and in my life that only God can do. So Abraham realizes, God, you want to do something in and through my life that I cannot do. God, you created all of this. You put the, the planet on the axis. You put all these stars. You know, he knows them by name. He created them. A shooting star is different from a star in the sky. Shooting star is just a rock flying through into our atmosphere. And we get so amazed at a shooting star. Like, wow, look at that. But a, a star in space, it's, it's, it's totally different. It's, and God named them, created them placed them God created all of that and still he took time to come and talk to us he still took time to come to Abraham and, and, and talk to him when Abraham was lost and confused and broken and, and hurting and say hey come out of that mentality I'm, I'm here to tell you dear children of God come out of the limited mentality in Jesus name God has more for you God has more for you tell your neighbor right now God has more for you. God has more for you. Come on. You're not an orphan. You're not forgotten. You're not abandoned. God has more for you. Because He created you for limitless potential. My last verse before I finish. It's in that moment, verse 6. Verse 6. And Abraham believed. He believed God. God declared him set right with God. This is the message translation. Oh God, I believe there's nothing you cannot do. Point number three, write this down. Believe again. Believe again for your miracle. Point number three. Believe again for your miracle. These six verses, this is our human condition. You and I are going through this right now. It's our human story. All of us are, 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 are stuck in this world. There's sin issues. But there's hope for us. God in His sovereignty, He reaches down into our, broken, into our brokenness, in our hurting places, and He pulls us out. And He says, there's more for you. 
as I wrap up, there are many of us, we don't only set up our tent, but we start decorating it. And we start making it comfy. We put a little night table with our favorite snacks. And we put a little, you know, stuffy animal in there. We're like, I'm settled here. I'm compromised here. I'm just going to stay here. It's too hard to believe for anything else. And so we just decorate our tent. We might have a family. We might have a career. We might have money. But there's no eternal significance apart from God. We have to let God pull us out. And lead us into eternal impact. So on this Vision Sunday, that's my challenge to you. This is an opportunity for us to realize that God is calling us to step out. Not to build our tents and be comfortable. But to build something great for the future. For the next generation. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to write something in those cards, in the papers that are there. There are pens there. God has more for you. I want you to ask, answer this question on this paper. What's the miracle that's in your heart that hasn't happened yet that you need to believe? Actually, what miracle are you looking for? What is the miracle that you need to have faith for? That's a better way of saying it. What's the miracle that you're hoping for? What's the miracle that you need? What is the answer from God that you need to believe again for? What's the miracle that you haven't seen yet that you need to see? Or who's the loved one that you want to see have an encounter with God? Or what's the healing that you're believing for? What's the job? What's the provision? What's the idea you're believing for? So write down the miracle that you're hoping for. Use more than one? Okay, so if anybody needs more paper, more requests, there's more paper. What's the miracle you're hoping for? What's the miracle you gave up on? Once you're done writing, see, we got to attach something tangible to the miracle. Otherwise, it's superficial. So once you're done writing, we're going to use our crazy faith wall and go pin it because we're going to start praying. Amen. It's not just wishful thinking, but we're going to put prayer power into it. God wants you to believe again. God wants you to come out of the tent. Come out of your shelter. And once you're done writing, I want you to stand with me. I'd like you to stand with me. Last week, God gave me a vision. There are miracles in waiting. So feel free to get up and go pin it up there. And I'll share with you the prophetic picture that God gave me is that there are miracles in waiting in this church there are some of you who stopped believing because it got too difficult to do so and I saw that God had mail for you God has delivery for you but we stopped believing we stopped claiming we stopped reaching 
There are miracles in waiting for you. And that's why we gave you these stars to write on. Write on it. I'm believing for healing, for freedom, for addiction, for my marriage. Whatever thing that keeps you up at night. And we're going to pray as a community for the miracles in waiting. We're going to count the stars. And before you know it, I know God is going to answer. And we're going to see testimonies. And we're going to celebrate answered prayers. Because He's a good Father. He still does miracles. And He wants to be involved in our lives. But God needs us to shift our paradigm. He needs to... He wants us to get out of our heads and to step out. So if you're done writing, please stand with me. I want to pray and finish. Because there are things only God can do. Next level church, this is the start of an amazing year. Hallelujah. Of an outstanding year. Us together as a family of Christ, but also individually for your personal families and as individuals for you. It's going to be an outstanding year. It's not going to be a repetition of your problems from last year. So don't downsize the dream. We're going to believe for God's greatness in our lives. Hallelujah. I want to invite you to close your eyes and open your hands again. As a church, as a family, we're going to believe. We're going to believe by faith. That God has called us to walk through science, miracles and wonders. To move forward as a miraculous church. Because we serve a miracle working God. And the best is in front of us. Stop talking negative about yourself to yourself. You don't need the haters because you hate yourself. You're saying hateful. From today on, make a decision. You're not going to talk down to yourself. You're not going to speak negatively to yourself. God is speaking to your heart right now. There are testimonies getting ready to be released from this room. Your heart, your life. There's more for you in Jesus' name. So Father, I seal what we've heard, what we've seen, what we experienced this morning by your precious blood. God, we pray that we will not listen, give our ears to the voice of the enemy. Saying that God didn't answer our prayer, God didn't do this, God didn't... God, we repent. For being angry at you. Who are we God? That, how dare we get angry at you? Lord forgive us. Church can we ask for forgiveness? We'll do communion next week. But can we just repent? Can we live a life of repentance? God forgive us. God we believe that you called us for greatness. Come on. God has called me. Declare it over yourself. God you have called me for greatness. My mistakes don't define me. My past doesn't define me. I am a blood bought son. Blood bought daughter. Of the most high God. I have a future. I have a purpose. My God has personally called me to come out of the tent and to stargaze. Because with Him, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. So God, I bless my brothers and sisters and sons and daughters in this house. God, I thank you. Because you have placed us as catalysts, as agents to impact our region. God, let us not live just for the now or just for us. We want to see your kingdom come. Your will be done and your church advance. Lord, bless your children. Let them rise up.
Let them rise up in your calling for them individually. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Can we give some praise to God?